Praise God. God bless you. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Janie and I and the kids took a vacation last week, and I had uh, prepaid. I, I don't like to prepay for stuff. I like to get it and then pay for it. Are you with me? Like, sometimes when you prepay for stuff, it doesn't turn out the way you want it to turn out. And then, uh, then you're like, we bought donuts uh, this morning, and uh, they made me prepay for them on, on yesterday. And I said, I ain't prepaying for no donuts. What if you don't have my order right? And they said, well, you're not going to get the order unless you prepay, so you guarantee my... It's a trust level. I'm far, I, pray for me. And so we went and got the donuts, and, and they were right. But I prepaid for a house on the Outer Banks, and I didn't take out the hurricane insurance. Because I don't like insurance either, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and so I didn't think in May, I wasn't thinking September, I was thinking May, not September. And so like a week out, um, there's this hurricane coming in, Florence. And um, I told Janie, I said, hey, we don't have the hurricane insurance. She said, you didn't buy it? I said, no, I didn't buy it. I wasn't going to buy it. And long story short, I called, and the lady said the same thing. You didn't buy the hurricane insurance. I said, no. Do you think I should have? Have you watched the weather? <laughs> <laughs> and so, long story short, um, those of you who have praying mamas, grandmothers, or wives, it's good mm -hmm. to dial them in on it. I like to tell people that God hears my prayers, but he hears Janie's first. I'm not sure why that is, so I said, honey, you need to pray. Hurricane doesn't hit the Outer Banks, at least Nag said. And I apologize, again, for the lives that were lost and the, you know, the, the flooding and all the people that were displaced. But uh, where we stayed at 20 minutes of rain and everything else was just fine. And, and God is just a good, good God. And, and, um, just, we had a great time. God's a good God no matter what. All right, but he did. He went before us through our prayers, and so it was really wonderful. Hey, uh, good to be back. Good, great to be in the house of the Lord. We watched uh, live uh, last week online. I just want to give it up for uh, Brian preaching and Lisa leading the worship team. Great job for those guys. Uh, appreciate uh, appreciate their heart. The, the word message was really good. A couple things really quickly that I want to talk about that are going to take place this weekend, uh, so that you can be in prayer. How many people like to pray? Okay, we need you to pray for some certain things. Uh, you handled the first one, honey, with... Okay, this weekend, right? Yeah, this weekend? this weekend. Drew and Emily, and they have a team that's going to go sing lead worship for all the, the young people age um, in Genaluska. Genaluska? Lake Genaluska. You know where it is, but they're going there, and they're going to be the ones bringing this group of um, young people into worship. So this week, we want that's Friday night and Saturday night, they're going to be leading out, and we just want to be the body behind them, holding them up, just speaking against anything, and just asking the Holy Spirit just to come in like a flood and just pour over that place. As they walk in, they just are hit, and the young people are just, they're going to be changed because they've been in the presence of the King, and that's where everything happens. And so we want to just hold them up that everything goes well, and they just walk in a fresh anointing. So um, Friday and Saturday night, you want to be praying for Drew and Emily and their team um, as they lead worship in, a, it's a district thing. It's like a whole district youth thing. So they're doing that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. then, uh, on Saturday at You're not working. Your mic's not working. No. 
Here, use mine. It works good. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right, good. So, sorry about that. Um, let me disrobe for a second. There we go. Thank you. All right, sorry. Um, Saturday at 9 o'clock then, there's going to be a team that Brian and Tammy are going to be taking to Cherokee Indian Reservation to do an outreach. Uh, right now, I think there's maybe between 18 and 20 signed up. There can be more. Uh, if you'd like to, to meet up there at 12 o'clock, if you'd like to carpool, you have to check with Brian because those seats were limited. Uh, but they're going to be helping with a, an outreach at the Cherokee Indian Festival uh, in Cherokee, North Carolina. So I want you to pray for them and pray for Christ Fellowship Church up there, the church that we partner with uh, on some of these outreaches. We have a lot more partnerships and outreaches that we're going to uh, work on, but we'd like you to pray for that team that's going up to Cherokee. And then there's another thing on Saturday. Oh, we're doing a motorcycle ride. So anybody that rides a motorcycle, yay. We want you all to meet here at 845. We're going to go on a great ride. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, so we're going to meet here at 845 and be That's ready right. to roll for yeah. a bike ride. It's beautiful where we go and what we do. And John and Diane lead it and do a great job. So we're excited. So 845, Saturday morning, Dr. Tom, 845, not 9 o'clock. Okay. I'm told 845, Janie, because <laughs> maybe I run late. 845, they told me. And two things really quickly. Uh, first Wednesday this week, this Wednesday's first Wednesday, uh, we've got to have a good teaching on leadership. And I think we have an extension of our church, honey, that's going to Bethel Conference uh, coming up really soon. So bring it back. we're going to pray travel mercy for those Amen. guys uh, and bring back whatever you can. Amen. You know? uh, if it ain't nailed down, bring it back. That's what I always that's say. It. So um, God is so good, right? Amen. So those are some quick hits. Uh, if you're a guest today, uh, we want to give it up to you. You're our v VIP. So Grace Church, give it up for all of our, our guests. God bless you. Now we're going to talk about three big things because it's kind of a vision Sunday since our two-year anniversary that we're going to talk about that are that Grace Church is involved in and want to uh, just continue to make you involved in. So one is our downtown project. We hope to uh, be under construction sometime in October. That's a really good thing. One, we have most of the money we need for our uh, uh, to to build everything in place. Uh, two, uh, our flooring guy is a little high. Um, <laughs> he's so back need, there. Yeah, he's right here. Uh, it's not really our flooring guy. Uh, he's a good guy. But we need a, we're about 50,000 short uh, by my calculations. And so the end of October, we're going to take a special harvest offering and try to get as much of that 50,000 as we can. So I'd like for you to pray about what you could give. Janie and I are going to give. Uh, we always do. Janie's given back her salary uh, for quite some time, and she continues to do that. Uh, so we would like to. I'm going to give, I think, one of my paychecks back. And so if you'd like to do that, if you'd like to pray, ask the Lord uh, to help us be part of that, that particular Sunday, I'm also going to preach on double portion. So uh, I, I don't give to get, but I do believe giving releases something in the heavenlies where you'll be a part of that if you do. So pray about it. Uh, believe God for it. And, and the downtown project, our original goal was late fall, early winter. Uh, we still can accomplish that. I'd love to have a Christmas Eve service in that, but if we 
can't have a Christmas Eve service, that's okay. We'll start at the very first part of the year. We're working on some scheduling, some time frames about how we're going to let that roll out. We'll keep you uh, appraised of what's going on. We've done a lot of work down there. It's just work you can't see, roofs and air conditioners and boilers and uh, stuff that's not fun. Now we're getting to the fun stuff. Uh, we should have signage up in another week or two before Oktoberfest so people will know, hey, Grace Church is, exists down there. And we want to be a church for all people, so we want to reach all people, and we're going to reach all people that just want to try to get connected with Jesus. Amen? How many knows that's a good, good thing? Amen. amen. So. Yeah, amen. Well, you know, this is, we're celebrating our two-year of the name change of, of what we felt that, that God was asking us to go with. And so if you're, like, brand new and you think, what was it before? It was just Hickory first, but we really had prayed into that, and we didn't want it to be about Hickory or um, we wanted it to be everybody's welcome, Morganton and wherever you live. And that it just has to be a place for all people where anybody that wants to come in can feel welcome and feel love of Jesus. And so we was just praying and we came up with grace. And so that's where we came. This is our two-year day that or week, week was last week, but we were out of town or something. So we're celebrating with y'all. So we didn't want you to do it without us. Yeah, so we're selfish. <laughs> so I had just been praying and um, I was just clearly just walking right here up and down the aisle and just praying and the Holy Spirit so clearly gave me this word and he says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it that I will make a way even in your wilderness and in your desert places. And when I got that word, I had been just kind of praying and just maybe whining a touch to my husband, saying, I'm really kind of ready to get this downtown thing going. I'm ready for it to take off. When is this going to happen? I was just getting a little kind of sad that it was taking forever. And, um, and then I got that word that said, behold. So to me, it was God just saying, get ready, because I'm about to bust it open. And don't be, don't be getting tired. So... Don't be getting mad. So his timing is perfect. But when I got that word, it was like, okay, it's, it's about to hit. And then um, a, a pastor friend of ours, she posted something, and I just, I had been texting back and forth, and she had that same word that um, said, behold, I'm getting ready to do something big. Don't you know what's about to, and her, you know, her, her version was a little different, so it was a little, it was cool. Mine came kind of King James. I don't know why, but... Hers came kind of like, hey, I'm about to blow it up, and you better get ready. Yeah. Wherever it's weak, I'm about yeah. to bust it. So I liked her version better, but God spoke to me King James because I'm so old. Old school. Old school. Old school. Okay, old school. I am old. But, um, so that was just a word, and I felt that was a word for all of us. Yeah. And like in your ministries, in, um, homes, in, in your homes, in your finances, I just felt that was a word for Grace Church because this was what the, the week we were going to talk about, vision, and that God was so timely that he gave a word that said, hey, look out, get ready. Don't you know I'm about to pour it out? Yeah. So whether it's your marriage, your music, your home, whatever it is, your, your anointing, I feel, is about to say, behold, I'm getting ready to blow it up. So take that as a word. So. That's good. That's a good word. Praise God. Give it up for Jesus. Declare that today. Declare that word. Amen. So this winter, we're going to have a very own grace conference. It's going to be either in February or early March. 
which is still technically winter. We're going to do one a year, maybe have a different theme. We're working on the theme for this year. We're also working on a keynote speaker. We believe we have landed one, and we'll, we'll wait on letting you know who that is. We have to make sure his dates work with our dates and vice versa. So uh, it's going to be a Wednesday, Thursday, and possibly a Friday. The reason we're doing it midweek, uh, one, is because we want people to be able to come, and if they have a home church, we don't want to draw them from their home church. We want to be able to uh, just be able to meet the needs of people. We want you to be able to invite all your friends, bring them out on a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, and a Friday night, uh, hear, hear a wonderful message, engage in preaching, and let them know that church can be more than, church can be fun. Uh, because Jesus is fun. Jesus is, is Jesus is a creator. He's a creative agent. He speaks and things happen. And so uh, we're going to do that. We'll get you some dates, but we want to just kind of let you know and be praying into it that the, the Lord will work things out that we're working on. Uh, and then we have uh, the Cherokee Project of 2019, which will be uh, next July. And so it'll either be the third or the fourth weekend. We're working with the partnership church up there that we worked with last this past summer. Had a great uh, turnout, a great outreach. Um, we had great people that helped uh, fund it and underwrite it. We'll need some more help this next year. It took us about $10,000 to put that thing on uh, and uh, lining up a really good, cool speaker for that too that are great, great, great friends of ours. Uh, and then we have, uh, we're going to try to do, so the secret's out, we're going to try to do a Christmas service up in Cherokee on a Sunday night, the first or second weekend of December on, on a Sunday. It'd be really cool, just go up there, uh, take the next day off if you can, do some Christmas shopping, but uh, there's a church up there that needs our help, our support, uh, maybe some spiritual guidance, but uh, nothing else, needs our friendship. And so uh, we're going to invite you guys to come up there with us and just uh, to just love on some people, right? Amen. Anything to add? Um, we got shirts and a couple people that you're going to have to throw the ball at. Okay. You know. You hold them up. My aim is I got so this good. mic thing, so. Okay. Um, we have shirts that are available um, next week. Start next week. This is one. Um, or. It says to give God glory and bring people into the relationship with Christ. And um, so that's really cool. That's really $5 cool. next week. And then this one, but it's the wrong color, but so you can get it. That's a sweet it. color, It's though. sweet, but there's another color coming that was supposed to be deep purple, kind of like fall, you know, mm. purple. And it does like that. So um, next week we'll have those out on tables. So Are they, you, is there a charge? $5. $5. Mm -hmm. Did I not say that? Thank it's, you. I wasn't listening. Happens all the time at home. That's what I deal with. I'll say, I said that, and he's like, you did? But mm -hmm. hey, but here's the deal. I can tell you how you can get one free. If you join a serve team, we give them a free one. Oh, yeah. So you get a free one if you join a serve team, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, okay. How can I help? How can I okay, help? can you um, grab that? You Landon that? and Carol were running a little late this morning, or eating breakfast, I'm not sure. So they did not get a ball. So, so you shoot for Landon and Carol. See, Dave Duck. Oh, right in her lap, right? Uh, okay, and I think James and Haley, maybe we're checking babies. Uh, right in the middle. Come on, James. Oh, he needs a little help, but that was pretty good. Um, oh, <laughs> okay. Was anybody else late? And <laughs> you want to admit it that you were late? Oh, we got a couple here. Oh, yeah, we got our gym guys. They should catch. They should catch that. Oh, no problem. Okay. Oh, look out, Sean. <laughs> you had a backup? 
Raise your hand if you need a stress ball. Oh, we got one way over in the corner. We have more. And they say Grace Church on it, so when you're stressed out. Oh, maybe John and John and Joan, did you get one? Oh, John and Joan need one. Oh, good. Oh, another one. Go that way again. Daryl, you're so good. I was shooting for my furniture guy too, but I didn't get there. Oh, Beverly. Beverly wants one. Yeah, Beverly's over here. Over here. Woo! And uh, John Coffee is in the very almost back row, so good luck. Mm-hmm. Testing. Oh, well, Cliff. Cliff. <laughs> it's close. Cliff, that's yours. <laughs> oh, well, hey. John didn't get it yet. <laughs> oh, well then, whoever got, gave it to John, give him that one. Oh, we got some girls here. Couple here. All right. We're doing one more over here in the middle. Um, in the middle. All right. And then if you didn't get one, you come see me after church, and I'll try to make sure I got one for you. One more. Oh, <laughs> she just wants to see you throw. Oh, Judy Teague. Judy wants one. All right. Is everybody happy today? Oh, oh, we got one more. Um, don't hit, don't hit Mama. She's pregnant. Oh, am I supposed to announce that? Oh, good. Oh. I do that. Oh, man. Well, congratulations. If anybody didn't know, they're expecting. <laughs> you have to be careful when you tell me things. <laughs> Coach, where? He's here? Oh, he coaches the winning team that Josiah plays for in Ford. Is that Ford? Is it Ford? Oh, I think we have another basket over there, but... All right, is everybody happy today? Yay! You know, it ain't a party unless I give a party favor, so that's why I do that. And um, so afterwards, we're going to have a light sandwich, and just kind of a, so y'all can hang out and get to know one another. I feel like we just come in and we leave. So we think it's really important that you know, the word says to know them that labor among you. So I think it's really important for us to know each other and, and love each other. Because I have a couple friends here. And one of my friends is here. And it's her birthday today. Where is Crystal? She's here somewhere. There she is. She's so tiny. You can't see her. She's right there. Today is her birthday. And she came in and saw all the stuff. And she said, I didn't know you were having a party for me. I said, yes, we are. So happy birthday. But, you know, we get to, we get to do church together. We get to do fellowship. So when we get to come together, we get to know one another and love on one another and have a couple friends that I've been blessed to get to deal with that I'm seeing them come out and they're just like all new people. God has changed everything with the enemy meant for evil. God is making good. So I want to hear those stories and I don't always have time. So this gives us time to go out and have a sandwich and chips and a cookie and a soda and just love on each other. So we're going to do that after service today. Amen. Yay. Am I good? Yeah, pray for the word. Oh, okay. He's really making me work today. Yeah, I got to earn your keep. Man, okay. We ready? Let's, let's go to the Lord. Father, we just love you and we thank you that you are so, so good to us. Lord, there's no greater way to say you are good. 
but just to say you are good. And so we thank you today that you have been here and your presence is here. And we know that in your presence is fullness of joy and life everlasting. So those that be sad or going through an emotional attack, we just ask today that the word that comes forth will break up those rocks. As, as we worshiped, we know that stirred the dirt. But Lord, there might be rocks in their life that just need to be hammered out and, and chiseled and broke away. So we pray that the word is going to come forth and do that, that our eyes and our hearts and our ears would be open and receptive to receive all that you have for us because you are good in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Janie and Jesus one more time. Amen. Praise God. I give a shout out to some of our friends online, uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Give a shout out to Ricky and Sherry Knighton and the fine folks down there. Omaha, Nebraska. Give a shout out to those corn huskers and Give a shout out to everybody in North Carolina that watches live. God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you. Two weeks ago, we had over 300 people watching online. And so uh, the online crowd is growing, uh, and we appreciate all that you folks do. Uh, you're giving, uh, people that give online, people that tune in each and every week. Uh, God bless you. We're working through some things as far as uh, coloration goes and trying to make things a little bit brighter. So uh, I love Grace Church. I love the word grace. I love the idea of grace. I like the terminology of grace. And here's our kind of, here's our, our thought, or here's our, I don't want to call it a rule, uh, but you come as you are, uh, be who you are, but chase the one who made you. Amen. And if you, can, if you can do that, if you can promise that, uh, we're going to get along really well uh, because that's what we have to do. That's all of our hearts is just to run towards God. And, uh, you know, things in our life that maybe uh, he wants to take care of, he wants to remove, uh, he will. I like uh, looking out at our, at our greeters today. We have, uh, we have guys with a shirt and ties on with uh, a gray shirt over it. We have guys that uh, have gym shorts on with a gray shirt over it. And, and uh, someone might say, hey, uh, would you want to make sure that guy wears jeans? Uh, that guy's 6'3", 265 with 4% body fat and a man bun. You have him put pants on. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> He's okay for, with me, uh, uh, but, but I know his heart. I, I know that he loves God, and he wants to uh, do the best for his family. That's all we need to be, church. We need to be a body of believers. Does God uh, want to clean us up on the outside? I'm not sure he's as concerned with the outside as he is with, with the inside. He wants to make sure that our hearts are right. And if our hearts are right uh, and we are purposed in loving him and living for him, uh, everything else will work out okay, all right? Uh, if we can do that, that's, that's the beauty of it. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, being disrupted. And that idea of being disrupted in this final series is just me talking to you about moments in our life, uh, not stories, but moments where maybe the disruption isn't from us, maybe the disruption's from God. But if the disruption is from God, uh, he's going to give you a way out. Uh, if he's taking you into something, he'll give you a way out of something. And sometimes those stories take a little bit of time to develop. And when you become a little more uh, senior or aged in life, you'll have a whole lot more stories. If you become purposeful in your life as chasing God, those stories, even as bad as they were when you walk through them, will become very good in the end. So if you take notes, write these three words down. They'll be good words to go by. Training, testing, and triumph. Training, testing, and triumph. 
Everything in our life can be a training ground to the triumph that God has in store for us. Everything can be. But there's no, training is no good if there's not a test involved. And the test is something that we tried to avoid. I, I didn't like tests when I was in school. I learned everything for the test, and then I probably forgot most of it before the next test. So some people are good test takers. They get it. It, it graduates in there. But training-wise, the training is something that is given for us so that we can take the test and pass the test, and then we become triumphant. Think of it this way. When Jesus was born into this world, he was born all man and all God, but he came as a baby be in a manger. He was just like you and myself. He was born uh, into this thing as a little baby boy. And then we hear about him at birth. We hear about him maybe around two when the wise men came. And then we hear about him around 12 when he was left in the, the temple when Mary and Joseph uh, left early. And he stayed to be about his father's business, which is, by the way, what we always need to be about. We need to be about our father's business. If you're about your father's business, then there's not a devil in hell that can do anything to you. There's not a devil in hell that can challenge you in any way. It becomes a challenge, but that just becomes part of the test. And then if there's an 18-year period, we don't hear about Jesus, which is the same as the rabbinical school. Now, they called him rabbi. Historians will tell us that Jesus didn't go to the school, but I got a feeling maybe the Holy Spirit was schooling him at the same time. He shows up at the scene at 30, so he's been, he's been trained, and now he's going to be tested. He shows up at 30, and every devil in hell is literally against him, described the Pharisees, the religious people. If you do something outside of the box, the religious people will rise up. They don't like you doing things that they're not used to doing or that they can't control. Okay, so when you, but if you do it in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, all of heaven is going to be on your side. God is, if God before you, who can be against you, right? And so the testing comes, and Jesus was tested to the point where even in the garden, in Matthew, the 26th chapter, the Bible says that he sweat as though it were drops of blood. And he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. If this cup could pass from me, but Lord, not my will, your will be done. He was tested. You're, there will be testing that comes in your life. There's a disruption that takes place, but the disruption that takes place is so that the promises can be made. If there's a promise, and so what was the promise? All the way back to Genesis, the third chapter, was that there would be this one that would come that would make a forgiveness of sins possible, that the sins wouldn't be rolled back like they were in the Old Testament, that they would be rolled forward, if you will, so that this King of kings and the Lord of all glory, the bright morning star and the lily of the valley would come, and he would be a redemption for all of our sins. So Jesus Christ, then, after being trained for 30 years, tested for three and a half years, grew triumph coming out of the grave on that Easter morning. That's the triumph that God has for you because that's the promise that he would make. Let's go to Joshua, the 14th chapter, verse number nine. Just going to read one verse as for right now. On that day, Moses promised me, this is Caleb speaking. Caleb and Joshua were the two spies that went out in Numbers, the 13th chapter. Caleb and Joshua were two of the 12 spies. Caleb and Joshua, you know the story. They came back saying, yeah, man, there, there's grapes the size of watermelons. It takes two men just to carry a bushel. These are, these are wonderful. This is a great land. And the other ten were like, man, these, we're, like, we're like ants in these, their sight. These guys are giants. There's no way we can 
take this, this land. This, this is not going to happen. And so on that day, Moses promised me, Caleb, the land where you have set foot will be an inheritance for you and your descendants forever because you have remained loyal to the Lord my God. Let's pray. Father, you are such an awesome God. Lord, and I want your word right now to penetrate, Lord, each person, each here today that might be going through a disruption in their life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Caleb's standing at a mountain. And the mountain that he's standing at is Mount Hebron. And it's an important mountain in scriptures, and I'll get into that for a second. But in, in, in this realm, the Bible says that Caleb is 85 years old. Now, I don't know where you stand, what your age is, but that's senior in today's environment. That's, that's getting up there in age. And the land that he wants, the mountain that he wanted, the mountain that he was looking at was full of the Amalekites. And they were the meanest, baddest, most evil people in all the land. And Caleb at 85 tells Joshua, who's about the same age, that's my mountain. That mountain was promised me. What mountain is your promise? What mountain has God given you? What mountain is God saying, hey, that's the promise. See, when we came here 10 years ago, God promised a revival would break out. God promised me that driving across the state of Tennessee from uh, Nashville to Knoxville where I began weeping and crying uncontrollably driving my car. And Marcus and Andrew were behind me and Janie was behind them. And I couldn't get over. And God said, are you ready? Are you prepared to enter what you're ready to enter? Now, I thought I was ready to enter to the promise. He was talking about the tests that I had been trained for, that I had been ready for, but didn't know it. Everything that you go through, you've been trained for. There's a test that's coming, but you've been trained for that test. If you're a righteous follower of Jesus Christ, he has ordered your steps, and he will continue to order your steps. When you look at your Hebron, you look at your mountain, there was a reason. Why was this reason? Why did Caleb need to have this mountain? Why couldn't he take another mountain? Why at 85? Why not have a 40-year-old run for that? Why not have a 24-year-old take that mountain? Why, why an 85-year-old has to take that mountain? Well, when you search the scripture, you find out this is the mountain that Father Abraham settled on. This is the mountain where Abraham set up camp. This is the mountain that Abraham said, hey, I'm going to rest here for a while. It's that cozy place in your house. It's that, it's that chair. It's that sofa. It's that lounger. It's that place where you can just get in with a good book or your word of God or your Bible. And you can just sit there and say, hey, this is where I sense God. Listen, if you could find a place where you could get alone with God, would you not find it? Caleb needed that mountain. In our house, we have a, a large sofa, and it curls around. And I tell Janie all the time, I just hate this sofa. It's a, it's, she loves it. It's her favorite piece of furniture. And sometimes I say it just to get on her nerves. I hate this sofa. But it's her cozy place. She nestles in there. She, she, gets, she gets locked in there. It, just, it wraps around her, and she gets a, a blanket when she's cold, and she's got a fan when she's hot, and she flips the fan on, then she flips the fan off, then she puts a blanket on, she takes the blanket off, and it's to that season of life where maybe we don't know if it's summer or winter. It's both. Just wait 10 minutes. It'll change. Some of you ladies know what I'm talking about. But it's her, it's her cozy place. It's where she settles. It's a place where she hears God. It's a place where she can get comfortable. This is what Caleb knew about Hebron. This is where Abraham hung out. My friend Landon Barefoot has a, a 
uh, timeshare down in Marco Island. Got 11 or 12 of them down there. Guys got more weeks in Marco Island than, than uh, I don't know of anybody that's got them. It's kind of vacation, but he's, he's, he's earned it. But Marco Island, I think, is Landon's place. It's not the best place in the world, it's a, but it's his place. It's a nestling place. Now, if you look at that, it's probably the place where he can hear from God. It's a place where he can either take the kids or leave the kids. It's a place where he can get alone with God. It's a place you have to have a place. And Caleb knew Hebron was that place because that's where Abraham had rested. Now, hear me. That's a place where he settled. And if you look at a place where you can settle and start to hear from God, then it becomes a place where Caleb got the promise of God. That land was promised to me. What promises are you lacking today? Because you haven't settled in God. You've ran from here to there. You've moved from here to there. You've tried this and that. But God's saying, hey, just settle down right here. I've got a place for you. I've got a promise in your life that might be a word for somebody today. That the promises are all around you. You just got to kind of nestle in. Find that comfy place. Find that particular place. Find that Abrahamic place, that, that promise. And by the way, Abraham's covenant was that of promises. The seven promises in Genesis, the 12th chapter, verses 1, uh, 2, and 3, that all would be blessed, and that includes you and me. So that then if Caleb wanted that mountain, we understand that there is a time of settling, but there is also a time of training. There's a time of battle. There's a time of war. You can fight the battle because the victory is already yours. You've already won the victory. There's nothing that can be doubted in my mind that if you're willing to fight, the victory is already yours. The victory was made 2,000 years ago on a cross on Golgotha, Calvary. And Jesus is his name, and he won the victory for you and for me. But sometimes there's a battle that's required to fight. Hebron is also the place where David incurred the second anointing. The second of his anointing in 2 Samuel, the second chapter, his friends, his believers, the co-workers uh, anointed him king over Israel and then Jerusalem. Now, this is so this is a place where Abraham settled, Caleb fought for, and all of a sudden then David gets anointed. See, the mountain that you are approaching, the mountain that you are attacking, the mountain that you are in the middle of may not even be for you. It may be for those who come after you. See, it might be the mountain that teaches you how to pray. It might be the mountain that teaches you how to worship. It might, and the mountain isn't necessarily a curse. Sometimes it's a blessing. We were at the beach last week in the Outer Banks, and Marcus and Cherry stumbled across the state park, which was actually right across from where we were staying. It was Jockey's Ridge State Park, and you could see it from the highway. And it didn't look like anything real pretty. It was a bunch of sand and those things that grow out of the sand and this looked like a lot of work to me. And they were like, hey, we need to go here for the sunset. It's going to be beautiful. And uh, so I'm a team player. I, if everybody was wanting to go, I'll go. And most of us were, were ready to go and wanted to go. So we pull into the state park, and you have to walk through a little area where there's some trees, and they're kind of like, they're not evergreen like you see in Colorado or the mountains, but they were always green trees. And uh, they had kind of the rubber leaf on it. And we're walking through, and just talking and having fun, and, and uh, uh, Selah was 
being carried by Marcus, I think, or maybe Jamie at the time, and then Marcus on, on his shoulders. And, and so we come into an opening. It was almost like, um, uh, did you ever see, well, some of you have, did you see the movie The Shack when, they, when he walks through that green area? Uh, it's snowy on this side. He walks through, and it's all green and beautiful. Well, this was like the movie Shack, but everything you saw then was sand. And it was just mountains and hills of sand. I'm thinking, and somebody says, like we're in the Middle East or Israel. It really was like maybe we were in Saudi Arabia or somewhere. It was just, you just put your head down, look up, and everything was this gorgeous sand. And people were playing in it, and people were walking, and it was like amazing. And so Margaret said, we're going to go to the top of that, that hill. He called it a hill. I'd call it a small mountain. But see, I'm not 30 anymore. <laughs> now everything's a mountain. <laughs> when you're 20 and 30, it's just a hill. When you're in shape, it's, a, yeah, it's no big deal. When you're old as dirt, it becomes a lot of work. And so uh, we passed Salo off, and Marcus put Salo on, on his shoulders, and he was walking up the hill. And, of course, I'm a little bit older than the boys, and I'm going to keep up with them. You know, they're not going to show me up just yet. i got a few more years in me, and they're walking ahead. And, Dear Lord, okay. And so then Salo... Never wants me. She never wants me. Unless I'm walking up a sand dune. <laughs> she looks over and, what are you going to do? And she's like, Poppy. Poppy, I've melted my heart. Come here, baby girl. Only now I got 25 extra pounds walking up the sand dune. And I'm trying to keep up with these guys. I got one of those funny watches that Steve Jobs, well, his company created, and it gives my blood pressure and everything, and I'm keeping touch base with this, and I'm walking up the mountain, and the Lord speaks to me and says, how beautiful it is. How beautiful it is when you could have your family and climb a mountain with them and climb a mountain for them. We got stopped at that sand mountain. Church, let me tell you how beautiful it was. The sun was getting ready to set. And you could see ocean 360 degrees around that place. And it was a big red sun. And right off the backside was the moon. And since it was, I think it was the first or second day of fall, that moon was full. It was the moon solstice, summer solstice, or fall solstice. And, and we looked at the moon, and, and Sayla likes to say the word moon. I don't know if she's saying moo or moon, but she'd say moon. I said, moon, Sayla, moon. She'd say, moon. And I was holding her, and over here was the sun. And we watched as the family, most of us, we watched the, we watched the sun just set over that sand dune. And it was a picture of heaven. And as soon as the sun went down, that moon became bright. The sun's rays ricocheted off the moon. You could barely see the moon when the sun was up. But, man, when you saw that moon, it just got brighter and brighter and brighter. And Marcus was flying a kite that we had bought for a baby girl. And it, we, it was just it was a magical moment. And I want to tell you this, because some of you are, the mountain is worth climbing. The mountain in your life is worth fighting for. The mountain is worth the climb. And when you get up there, you might see the sunset. But here's what, because you see a lot of sunset. You see things in a different perspective when you're at the top of the mountain. 
You see things very clearly. And so Marcus and uh, Andrew, there's, they were on the other side of the mountain. You could go down, and there was like a, looked like a cliff ridge or something where you could look into one of the bodies of water. I'll call it the ocean, but the ocean was behind us. So since it's an island, it could have been part of it. I don't know. It might have been Pimlico Bay. But anyways, uh, they were going to run down and see what's down there. And so, again, they're quite a bit younger than me. I had Sayla. Sayla looks up at me. Poppy, I said, what do you want, honey? And she's looking at daddy running away from her. And I said, you want to go for a walk? And she goes, she, she nods her head yes, as only she could. And we walk about three or four steps. And she turns to, to Grammy and to her mommy and says, bye. <laughs> bye. We walk another 20 yards and she gets tired, thankfully. And I pick her up and walk back. We, we never, we, I didn't have the pressure on me of having to go try to chase these guys down. Sometimes we say bye to mountains that God wants us to overcome. Sometimes we say bye to people that God wants us to endure. Sometimes we say bye to things that God doesn't want us to shy away from just yet. And that's not a license for anybody here to do anything that God's telling you not to do. What I'm simply saying is, if God has disrupted your life, maybe he has a plan for your life. And if he's disrupted your life at a time as this, maybe he's got a promise for you that only he knows about. That maybe you shouldn't be guessing anymore about that promise. Maybe you should just say, okay, God, here's this mountain. I went to that sand dune and the, the sun was setting, so the sand was nice and cool. It was everything that you would dream about a desert being, but we had water 10 minutes away. That's a good thing, right? And you could see all this atmosphere. You could see everything that's taking place, and yet the Lord was imparting things in me about this sand mountain. The sand was hard to climb. It kept moving. Your feet weren't stable. I was carrying an extra 22 or 23, 24 pounds, and, and, and I have a, a knee that sometimes goes out on me. And I was just asking the Lord, don't, don't go out today, Lord. Let, let that knee just be strong today. I want to I climb this sand mountain. I want to I get there. Whatever, whatever, please hear me, whatever is on top of that mountain that maybe you're either trying to avoid, dodge, miss, get away from, if the mountain is from God, it's worth the climb. If the mountain is not from God, then Zechariah 4, 7 says, shout grace to that thing. Just shout grace right now one time. Grace. Shout it one more time as loud as you can. One more time with everything in you. See, because some mountains are like that sand mountain where they can just fall down. And if we shout grace to the mountains that are in our life that are a curse and not from God, you have a right to stand still and stand strong and say, Mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And the Bible says, Jesus speaking, red letter edition, that it will be done. No matter what that is in your life, you call it gone in Jesus' name. But if it's a mountain of blessing and God is training you and testing you, for the triumph that is in store, that you could stand one day like Caleb and say, that mountain is mine. God, you promised it to me. I'm, I'm willing to fight for it. I'm willing to go to battle for it. I'm willing to, and so as Grace Church, would it be smart for us to buy another building? Well, we did. Why did we? Because we want to see people who don't know Jesus Christ come to the saving knowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Why do we have to hang out in Cherokee, Pastor? Why? Because there's a, a reservation up there that's full of people addicted to drugs and alcoholism that have a curse of sin on their life that this people said,
said, you're no good anymore, that they need, need the love of Jesus Christ to love them. Why do we do the things that we do? Because God challenges us to walk a mountain that he knows what's at the top, church. See, if you knew what was at the top, it might frighten you. It might just scare you. It might mess you up. I didn't know it was at the top of that mountain. We could see it from a distance, but when I got to the top, then I could see all around me. And the beauty was good. And the beauty was clear. And I got a feeling, after 10 years and a name change, a church full of great and wonderful people today, that God's looking at the top of the mountain and saying, church, it is beautiful. It is really beautiful. You got you to get up here. You got to get up here. See, the, the sun only goes down so that it can reset. And if you don't see God in your life right now, it's just because he's resetting on the other side. He's still there. He hasn't gone anywhere. And he leaves you the moon. And I love the way our little baby girl says moon, moon, moon. And you ask her a question. She answers it almost with a question. Do you want to go? Do you want me to carry you? Yes. Yes. Her mama won't let her say, yeah. <laughs> That's the South Omaha in us. Yeah. Yes. And she says, yes, so beautiful. Why don't you say yes to Jesus today? Why don't you say yes in this, fa in this form, in this fashion? God, my life has been disrupted. I get it. I understand it. And, and listen, nobody here can say they know what you're going through because they may not have to go through the disruption that you're going through. But there is one that does know. And if the disruption is for a plan and a purpose and a future promise, then not, why not endure that disruption so that whoever follows you up that mountain has a better segue, a better or better road, a better habit. And they too can see the promises. They can see that sun setting. They can see that moon's reflection. They can see the, their kids playing. They can see that water. They can see whatever it is that you need to see in the spiritual sense for them to say, wow, this disruption was worth it. This mountain was worth it. I have a little video. I'm not going to show it, but it's Steve Jobs narrating it. Now, Jobs says one thing. Job, Jobs' uh, philosophical differences are probably a lot different than mine. He created, you know, Apple Computer, MacBook, and all those things. But the company that he created, he was fired from. And then he uh, bought Pixar uh, movie theater for $5 million. He then sold it to Disney for $7.4 billion. He created Toy Story or his business did. Then he created the, the company called Next. And uh, that company then sold to Apple for $11 billion. And along with the company, Steve Jobs came back and he's created things. And, and now since he's passed away, it's the first trillion dollar company. He has a statement that says this, nothing in this world. Now again, I would I would, sub, I would sidebar it by saying, except for God, nothing in this world was created by anybody any smarter than you. Now, let me use it in the mountain sense. There's not a mountain that hasn't already been climbed that God would ask you to climb that somebody else hasn't already climbed that mountain. If Caleb in the natural at 85 can take a mountain, you can take that mountain that God's presenting for you. you, can, you if your life is disrupted... Why don't you ask two things? One, God, did I bring this disruption upon myself? Two, Lord, if you want my life disrupted so that somebody 
can get, gain a promise and that you can get the glory, Father, I'm all in. Bow your heads, close your eyes just for a second. If you're here today and you say, man, Pastor, my life is full of disruptions. I am just messed up right now. I want you to raise your hand. Just be honest. Thank you for hands all around the building. God bless you. I've been there. I've been there where my life was just completely disrupted. I don't know if I was coming or going. Uh, it's been when I was young. It's been when I was old. It's been, it could be two weeks ago. It might be next year. It could have been five years ago. It, you can't tell it. The only thing I can say is many of the times that my life was disrupted was because God had a promise for me. I just had to endure. I'm asking every person here to stand, whether you raised your hand or not. And I'm going to say a simple prayer. We're going to worship one more time, and God, and then Janie's going to close. And I, I say this, uh, stay, stay around, fellowship in the, in the foyer afterwards. Grab a sandwich, grab a chip, like Janie said. Get to know, tell somebody your story. Ask somebody about their story. Father, you are such an awesome God. You give us mountains in our life that we can claim, that we can make claim to, that we can, that we can remember your promises. So those people that raise their hand today that are facing maybe a mountain or a serious disruption in their life, Father, I pray right now, Lord, you remind them of the promises that you gave them. Allow them to read the word of God and receive the promises that you have for them. Show them, love them, allow them, help them, be with them. Help us walk up this hill together, Father God. Let that mountain be like our, our boys running up that sand dune. Let it just be nothing more than a hill. Give them the strength, the encouragement, the love, and the fortitude to conquer, Lord, what you've placed in front of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Let's worship one song together. Oh, see how.
just say, you are great. You are great, great God. Oh, yes, you are. He is a great God. He is a good God. And he loves us no matter our situation, no matter where we are, no matter where we've been. And I think that's really key this morning after that message. No matter where we've been and no matter where we're going, he loves you and he has great things ahead for you. I love that mountain as being the test. We're just going through the, a testing time. But when we get to the top, we look back and we see, wow, had I not went through this and this and this, I wouldn't have known what this is for. And you look back and you see all the things that God has carried you through and that becomes part of your testimony. So the test is your testimony that he's bringing you through. And that's what's so amazing. That's where we see the victory. And that's what God has for each and every one of us. So what a great message, right? Wasn't that good? I loved it. I loved it. Anytime we talk about the mountains, I'm all for taking the mountain, living on the mountain, because that's where God wants us to be. But sometimes he has to take us through that desert, through that dry place to get to where he's teaching us and training us for for the triumph amen well um don't forget about wednesday 6 45 we'll have service here it's gonna be a great time and then down in the cafe is um small groups and that's where you want to go down and find out where you might want to fit in and check them out and see where you want to see what you want to sign up for a small group and that's where you just break into homes or um like drew and emily's group they meet at starbucks so like if you're in that age group dylan you know like if you're in that age group, Danielle, um, whoever you are, you're in their age group, you want to just go sign up at their table and then put your number. And then what they do is text you and say, hey, we're going to get together and we're just going to we're going to just talk about Jesus and we're going to be friends and have friends because the world sometimes can be hard. So it's good to get in a group where you can do life together. And that's what it's all about. Well, we have food and we have rain. So. This is the change of plan. That's what Pastor Brian said. What's plan B? This is plan B. We have food out in the foyer and please eat because if you don't, I have 300 or so little sandwiches that somebody has to eat. And so if you gotta run and you don't wanna fellowship, that's okay too. We want you to, but you don't have to. Grab your little snack plate, take it back to the furniture store. Whatever you need to do, wherever you gotta go, wherever you gotta be. So you need to eat, grab a sandwich, chips, cookie, a soda, um, and just fellowship. But what we're gonna do is ask you just to go through the line. I'll bless it here in a second. Go through the line, grab your stuff, and mingle wherever you want. Check out the small groups. But feel free, we're gonna we'll bring the lights up so you can see each other as if you're outside. And we're just gonna come in the and bring your food right in here and just chill out. We won't have the music too loud so you can talk to each other and see one another. So just get your food and just come on in the sanctuary. We don't mind. And just break bread and just let's just have a fun time talking and tell somebody your story today. Tell them about your mountain and how God's bringing you through to victory, okay? Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you so much for, for Grace Church. I thank you so much for who they are. I thank you, Lord, for the love that they have for one another and the love they have for you. Lord, we just love them so much and we are so blessed and so humbled and so honored, Lord, that we even get to be leaders that lead them to, to knowing you deeper. So Lord, let us do that job and do it as as unto you, Lord. So let us never take it for granted that we get to 
do life together. One another, we get to share a story today. So let us do that together. Bless the food, Lord, and um, just let us enjoy your presence continually. We love you and bless you in Jesus' name. So grab some food and see you Wednesday after that. We love y'all so much. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.